Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 89. And as mentioned previously, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I am in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis. And this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets and in particular, how economic data influences asset prices. A quick progress update. The publisher has now commenced on a comprehensive edit of the book, which they have indicated will take about 30 days. Therefore, keep it locked right here and I will continue to keep you posted on the progress. And now to this week's podcast where we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the first week of 2024. And that is from Monday the 1st to Friday the 5th of January. And without further ado, this is your host Jamuhuri and together let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States, where according to minutes of the last policy meeting that was held in December, Federal Reserve officials concluded that interest rate cuts were likely in 2024, but they did not give any information on when that might happen. The rate-setting Federal Open Market Committee noted the progress that had been made in bringing inflation under control and therefore agreed to hold its benchmark interest rate steady at a range of between 5.25% and 5.5%. Committee members also indicated that they expect at least three rate cuts of 25 basis points each by the end of 2024. However, the meeting summary noted that there was a high level of uncertainty over if and when this would happen. And staying in the U.S., the Labor Department released its monthly employment report on Friday, which showed that the labor market remained resilient throughout 2023. The December jobs report showed that employers added 216,000 new positions for the month, 
which was a sizable increase from November's downwardly revised number of 173,000. However, despite the increase, the unemployment rate remained unchanged at 3.7%. In summary, the report showed that the U.S. economy created a total of 2.7 million jobs in 2023, which was an impressive performance by any standards, but was a significant decline from the previous year, when the economy generated 4.8 million jobs in 2022. And in related news, the U.S. jobs market remained vibrant towards the end of 2023 as hiring in the private sector rose at a much faster pace in the month of December. According to ADP, which is a payrolls processing company, the number of employees on private payrolls increased by 164,000 for the month of December, which was a substantial increase from the downwardly revised number of 101,000 in November and much better than the consensus estimate for 130,000 new jobs. And across the Atlantic, headline inflation in the Eurozone increased to 2.9% in the month of December, and this was up from 2.4% in November. However, core inflation, which excludes food and energy prices, continued to cool off as it dipped from 3.6% in November to 3.4% in December. This latest inflation data will add to the debate about the trajectory of interest rates in the Eurozone as markets are already projecting that the European Central Bank will begin cutting rates later this year. However, the Central Bank has stressed that there is still a significant risk to inflation, mainly due to rising wage pressures and the ongoing geopolitical tensions in the Ukraine and the Middle East. And in the U.S. stock market, stocks gyrated on Friday as traders assessed incoming economic data to determine if and when the Federal Reserve will start cutting interest rates. The broader market index, that is the S&P 500, rose by 0.18% to end the session at 4,697, whilst the Nasdaq Composite added 0.09% to finish off at 14,524, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average ticked up by 0.07% to settle at 37,466. All the three major averages snapped a nine-week winning streak following the release of the stronger-than-expected U.S. jobs report. The three major averages registered their first negative week in the past 10, with the Nasdaq suffering the biggest decline of 3.25%, whilst the S&P and the Dow dropped by 1.5% and 0.6% respectively. In the U.S. bond market, Treasury yields moved higher on Friday as traders considered the outlook for the U.S. economy following the release of the latest non-farm payrolls data. 
a hot labor market could keep the Federal Reserve from cutting interest rates as early as the market had projected, which was by March of this year. Additionally, the Fed has not provided any timelines, plus the minutes of the last policy meeting introduced a degree of uncertainty, which suggests that rate cuts could happen much later than expected. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond was up by 6 basis points to 4.05% as it crossed above the key 4% level. Meanwhile, the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note rose by two basis points to 4.4%. For your information, bond yields and prices move in opposite directions, and one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%. In the commodity market, the price of crude oil rose on Friday as the U.S. Secretary of State prepares to travel to the Middle East to try and prevent the Israel-Gaza conflict from expanding to the wider region. Both benchmarks were on track to end the first week of the new year on a higher note as the price of Brent crude was up by 1.8% to $79 a barrel, whilst that of the U.S. benchmark, that is West Texas Intermediate Crude, rose by 2.4% to close at $73.97 per barrel. Meanwhile, Marbon Oil, which Kenya imports, declined to $78.83 per barrel, down from $79.55 the previous week. And in the precious metals market, the price of gold was down and then up about one percentage point on Friday, but eventually still posted its first weekly decline over the past four weeks, and this was on the back of a stronger U.S. dollar and higher treasury yields, which hit their highest level over the past three weeks. The price of spot gold shed more than 1% for the week to settle at $2,044 per ounce. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. And as usual, we start by looking at the domestic foreign exchange market, where the shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained relatively stable versus the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the Central Bank of Kenya website, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was quoted at 157.39 compared to 156.09 the previous week. However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 158 shillings on the lower side to above 162 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 198.95 and the euro was valued at 172.22. And on the regional front, one Kenyan shilling was changing hands for 24.22 Ugandan shillings 
and 15.99 Tanzanian shillings, and to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.00. For your information, in the past year, that is 2023, the Kenya shilling depreciated by about 27% versus the US dollar. And given this current trend, I expect that the shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future. And this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 65% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that the Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 65 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves increased by $163 million to $6.775 billion, which is equivalent to 3.62 months of import cover. This level of reserves is still in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of the continuous funding received from both the World Bank and the IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure, and this is mainly due to the increased cost of servicing our external debt obligations, which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market remained extremely tight during the past week as the average interbank rate increased by 29 basis points to 14.07%. The excess reserves held by commercial banks In relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement, this increased from 10.1 billion shillings the previous week to 14.2 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate increased from 13.78% the previous week to 14.07%. And the average value that was traded in the interbank market, this declined from 26.1 billion shillings the previous week to 19.3 billion shillings. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 4th of January, and the central bank received bids totaling 32.2 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of about 134%. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 25.2 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate ticked up by 7.6 basis points to 16.05%, whilst the 182-day rate rose by about 12 basis points to 16.09%, and the 364-day rate increased by 17.8 basis points to settle at 16.27%. 
And what that means is that all the short-term rates are now above the 16% level. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01% and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. Please note that as interest rates continue to rise, investors will remain focused at the short end of the yield curve because they can easily reinvest their funds at a higher rate every 91 days. In the secondary bond market, the turnover in the domestic market decreased by about 78% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds were on an upward trajectory as the yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in June 2024 increased by the largest margin of 2 percentage points from 13.5% recorded the previous week to 15.5%. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during the past week, the equities market was on an upward trajectory as the NSC 25 and the NSC 10 gained the most by 1.9% each, whilst the NSC 20 and the NASI gained by 1.1% and 0.5% respectively. This takes a year-to-date performance to gains of 1.6% for the NSC 25, 1.5% for the NSC 10, and 0.6% for both the NASI and the NSC 20. The market's performance was driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as East African Breweries, Equity Group, and British American Tobacco, which increased by 7.5%, 5.9%, and 5.2% respectively. These gains were however weighed down by losses recorded by other large-cap stocks such as NCBA Bank, Safaricom, and Cooperative Bank, which declined by 2.3%, 2.2%, and 1.3% respectively. Up next is the topical issue, and this week we are looking at the central bank's new electronic forex trading platform. The central bank of Kenya has opened access to its new electronic forex trading platform to non-bank market players. And in the process, the central bank has provided not only an additional channel, but an incentive for large corporates to sell their foreign currency holdings to the highest bidder in the market. According to the rules published by the central bank, access to the new platform, which is known as an electronic matching system, will be limited to sellers of foreign currency, whilst buyers will still have to make their purchases through commercial banks. The introduction of the electronic matching system is part of the reforms that the central bank has been rolling out to improve the functioning of the forex market, which has been relatively dormant due to the shortage of foreign currency in the domestic market. And in an attempt to unlock the supply of foreign currency, and improve liquidity in the market, the central bank has lowered the minimum transaction amounts 
from $250,000 to $100,000 for interbank trades and to $50,000 for transactions carried out on the new electronic trading platform. The regulator has also removed the requirement for two-way pricing with a spread of $0.20 between the bid and offer price, which effectively frees market players to negotiate rates depending on the current demand and supply in the market. And in order to guarantee liquidity and fair prices, the central bank has chosen 10 leading commercial banks in terms of forex trading to act as market makers for the platform. However, the vendors on the system will be required to undertake a comprehensive KYC check, that is a know-your-customer check, for their respective counterparties so as to ascertain that their transactions are not used to facilitate money laundering activities. Additionally, vendors will be required to adhere to strict standards to prevent any market manipulation and or disruptions. And for your information, the latest data from the central bank shows that Kenyans, and that is both corporates and individuals, are holding a record amount of foreign currency deposits with local banks with an estimated value of 1.45 trillion shillings. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening and supporting the Market Color Podcast, and I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon Music. Please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. And that is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, Thank you for your continued support and I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead. And remember this one from David Goggins, which states, Don't stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. Stay hard. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.